listening to the Sermons Podcast for Ottawa Baptist Church. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Genesis 3, verses 23 and 24. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. And after sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim angels to the east of the Garden of Eden. And he placed the flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. Stories are powerful. There's just something about a story that we all as human beings love. Authors who are skilled in the art of storytelling have created a pretty good life for themselves. Those who are skilled script writers and movie producers who can capture the power and the essence of a story have achieved fame and fortune because we as people love stories. Stories are powerful. And stories with great endings are even more powerful. You see, the Bible is the story of God, and this God is far above human imagination. Even as believers, we can have biblically accurate thoughts about God, but they are limited because We try to express and understand with human imagination a God who is far above the heavens. And in God's story, this supreme being decided that he wanted to create lesser beings, you and I, and that he would pour out his love, his presence, and his blessings upon them. What a story! The story takes a turn, as we just read in Genesis 3. The time for human beings, time in in the garden had come to an end because of sin. And they were banished from the special place, the garden, where the rich presence of God dwelled. And not only that, there's no opportunity to return. As God stationed these mighty cherubim angels to guard Eden and to guard the tree of life, a return was not possible, no access any longer. Now, if we stop reading the story right there, it sounds like it's a tragic story, a story without hope. But that's not where the story ends. For the last several weeks, we've been going through a Stories in Exodus series, and in some of those messages, we've repar- uh, you know, kind of referenced this tabernacle, this, this place where God told his, his beloved people to build it and construct it, and I will dwell in that place among you. And when we look at how the tabernacle was constructed, there were outer areas, and as you moved in further, there were areas that were a little bit holy. There was the holy place, and then as you got right into the center of the tabernacle, there was a place that was called the most holy place or the holy of holies. And as you went from outside to inside, the more restrictive the space became. Only the high priest, one person from the entire community of Israel, was able to enter into that most holy place. And he was only able to enter once a year. Now, this is much different than how the story of God began. All were to enjoy God's rich presence. But now only one representative from one nation, out of all nations of the earth, could go into the most holy place where God's presence dwelt. 
When the Israelites began constructing the tabernacle, they didn't use their own creativity. They were given instructions on how to build this tabernacle. And we read that there was a curtain that was placed around the most holy place, and it separated this distinct place from the rest of the tabernacle. And there's something very interesting about this curtain, Exodus 26, 31. This is God's instruction on how to form and make and shape this curtain. For the inside of the tabernacle, make a special curtain of finely woven linen. Decorate it with blue, purple, and scarlet thread and with skillfully, skillfully embroidered cherubim angels. Do you notice what was embroidered on the curtain? Cherubim angels. What was guarding the garden of God in the Genesis passage to make sure that human beings could not return? Cherubim angels. And here's the picture that we get in ancient Israel is that every time a priest was about to enter into the most holy place to go beyond the veil, they would stand there and stare at this curtain with the cherubim angels and they would be reminded of God's intent to dwell among his people. But they were also reminded of man's failure. They were reminded of a tragic story that took place long ago in a garden where humanity was cut off from the presence of God, where humanity was cut off from the source of life, the tree of life. Every time that priest looked at the embroidered cherubim, it brought to memory the garden where man could no longer enter because of his failure. So the priest was reminded of a tragic story. It brought back memories of a garden where man could no longer enter into the special place because of his failure. You could say that he was reminded of a story of hopelessness and what was once lost. And at the same time, Israel, understanding their condition, always possessed a sense of hope. They believed that God would one day save them from their enemies, and beyond that, he would rescue them from their sin. And even though there was a great sense of tragedy in the human condition, Israel understood that there was also a glimmer of hope. Isaiah 64, 1. Oh God, that you would tear the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. Psalm 80, 1 through 3. Please listen, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph's descendants like a flock. O God, enthroned above the cherubim, display your radiant glory, show us your mighty power. Come to rescue us. Turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon this. Only then Will we be saved? And this was the cry that went out year after year, century after century. And at the right time, God answered their prayers. And an angel appeared to Mary. And the angel gave Mary this message found in Luke 1, verse 31. Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. And with that message, hope was drawing near. Joyful anticipation. The message of the angel. Hope was on its way. And on a night in Bethlehem, Jesus was born. The fulfillment of the angel's message came to pass. 
and the presence of God was in Christ. It was not isolated to a geographical space or to a temple. God's presence now was dwelling among humanity. This was Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus grew up in favor with both God and men. And he began to minister to those he had come to save. Oh, to witness the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. To have been there standing at the base of the mountain as he cried out, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the meek. To have heard that powerful teaching with your own ears. To watch him powerfully heal infirmity and sickness and disease. To watch him as he frustrated the religious leaders because what he said was so pure, it was truth. To have seen it with our own eyes. To watch the redemptive story unfold right before you. And for those who saw Jesus Christ, and for those who believed in him, they were filled with joy and they were filled with hope. The question is, what about those who have never laid eyes on Jesus Christ? 2,000 years ago, they too were part of God's story. They too were separated from God. They too needed to be saved. And they too were living without hope. After a few years of ministry, Jesus, Jesus suffered and died. And the story of God had taken an unexpected turn from a human perspective. And Jesus died upon a cross. But as he died, something incredible happened. And Matthew records it in the 27th chapter of his gospel, beginning at verse 50. Then Jesus shouted out again. And he died and he released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain that was in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. From top to bottom, the earth shook and the rocks split apart. That same curtain, embroidered with the cherubim, was torn in two. And God was inviting his people back to Eden. Back into his presence. Back into the garden. And the battered body of Jesus Christ was the way that we have passage into the presence of God. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, all human beings now had access to the Father. No longer did a veil separate us from the presence of God. No longer were only those who were part of the priestly class allowed to enter into the most holy space. Jesus' broken body and his shed blood gave all people access to the Father. They no longer needed to walk through a veil in a temple in Jerusalem. They walked through Christ's broken body through faith and belief and acknowledging him as Lord and Savior. And through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, through his death and through his resurrection, hope flooded the earth unlike never before. And hope floods the earth now. And we rejoice in this hope today. You see, in times past, the priest would look upon that curtain. He would see the cherubim angels. And as he cast his eyes to the curtain, he would be reminded of human tragedy. 
he would be reminded of hopelessness. He would be reminded of what once was. But now in our day, we cast our eyes to the cross of Jesus Christ. And we are filled with tremendous hope. That yes, there was a story of tragedy, but the story of hope trumps the story of human tragedy. This is the story of God. What a story. I'm going to ask the communion team if they will come forward. And team, as you come forward, you can go ahead and begin passing out the the elements this morning. See, God sent his son, and he said, you will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And as Jesus was preparing to leave the earth, he looked at his disciples and he said, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will be with you till the end of the age. And again, Jesus' promise was Emmanuel, God with us. Me with you. And not just temporarily, but now forever and ever and ever. And that is his promise to us. What a promise. What a story. As we sit in this season, a lot of times the hustle and bustle, we get, we get lost in the meaning of Christmas. And a lot of times we sit in a place in life where we are without hope. We are without joy. Sometimes we look on the screen or the curtain of our life, and we say, what tragedy I have endured. And it may appear that on the screen or the curtain of our life is embroidered failure, heartache, despair. But it's in this season that we don't have to look at our story anymore. We still acknowledge it. We acknowledge the pain. We acknowledge the sense of hopelessness. But in this season, we are reminded not to just cast our eyes on the curtain of our life, perhaps a story of tragedy, but we are encouraged to turn our eyes to Jesus Christ and be reminded that he indeed is the hope of the world. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us forever. Today, as you receive the elements I encourage you to cast your eyes to Jesus Christ. I encourage you to think about his battered and broken body, which was battered and broken for you. And I want you to think about what that meant, that that veil that had torn, that now you have access, my friend, into the presence of God, to the love of God, into eternal and true life. And I pray that as you reflect on the brokenness of Christ, your heart will again be flooded with the hope of your salvation. And as you take the cup, may you be reminded of the precious blood of Christ. We're going to sit right here for a moment. You can hold on to the elements. You're going to take them in your own time. But I've asked Sunette if she would minister to us in song. Take this time to reflect on the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Take time to dwell upon the cross and the finished work of Jesus Christ. Take time to reflect on the hope that is given you, Emmanuel, God with us. Father, we praise you.
that you have written an incredible story. And your story is more powerful than our story of failure and heartache and despair. So, Father, I pray that in this Christmas season, as we reflect on the incarnation, as we reflect on Emmanuel, God, with us, as we reflect on the life of Christ and what it meant and what you were doing through him, I pray that the power of your presence would fill our hearts as your people with incredible hope. And you would restore hope where hope has been lost. We recognize the sacrifice of Jesus as being an incredible gift to us. And we cast our eyes to him through the act of communion to remember your great love for us. Please take the elements when you're ready. Thanks for checking out our sermons podcast today. For more information on Ottawa Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ottawabaptist.com.